Merry Christmas! One point five million views on YouTube for that. Ho ho ho! Merry Christmas! The Merry Vegan on YouTube raking in the dough just for that quick Santa clip. Good for them. Welcome back. I'm your host, Mike Zago. This is the Link Podcast, and it is officially December, which means holiday season is underway, folks. We are rolling towards Christmas. Thanksgiving is gone. That was last week's episode. If you missed it, go back. Episode 41. I recorded it on Thanksgiving in between dinner and dessert with my whole family. We did a series of Would You Rather questions. It was adorable. Got my niece and nephew in there. Very fun, very cute, very silly. Check that one out. It's a bad mamma jamma. And now we're on to the true holiday season. This is my first December doing the podcast, so I get to do all the things I've been thinking about doing for a while. I knew I wanted to do four different holiday-type episodes, and I've planned them out, and we're going to do it. This is just the first one. We're just easing into it. But I had to bridge the gap between Thanksgiving and Christmas somehow, right? And we'll get there. As the next couple episodes roll in, you'll see what I mean. And we'll tease it at the link underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Follow that. You'll get some hints as to what these next ones are going to be. But in any case, I'm thankful for a couple things. One, that I still had time to do this week's podcast. Why? Because I had a job interview in Cleveland this week. Cleveland, Ohio. It's very cold there, so I think that fits into some kind of North Pole kind of deal. But even more than that, it put me in the Christmas spirit to be going through the airports, a lot of Home Alone references going through my head, seeing the tree everywhere. From my hotel room, you could see an ice skating rink right in the middle of downtown Cleveland, which was kind of cool. Everything was decorated. Everything is up. The spirit is really going. The music is on in all these public places. The hotel I was at had a big, beautiful tree with presents under it. It all made me want to just sit down and spend some time thinking about what this season really is and the things I love about it and the things you don't think about often enough, but we all relate to. And I wrote some of them down and we're going to get into some of them. And we're going to get real in the intro for a minute because I am very thankful to have that opportunity. And I have kind of a weird outlook on jobs in general. I wish more people would be able to chase down what they really want to do. And some people are totally satisfied just working a job every day, going home, being able to detach, not have to worry about it, not have to think about it 24-7. But I think it's kind of important to have both. And that's why I always want to do this podcast. So I appreciate you guys for listening, first of all. And whatever happens, I'll still have time to do it. But it's an interesting time. If I'm lucky enough to get the job, it'll be a transition. It's kind of scary, but it's kind of exciting. And it's good to know that I can always come back here and have this and always be able to produce it, whether I get that job or not, whether I'm working somewhere else or not, whatever I'm doing. I think it's important for people to have their thing that they can go back to, whether they get paid for it or not. And we do. We make big bucks here. Very, very popular. Spread the word. Tell your mothers and your friends. But I am really thankful to have this going almost for a year now, which is crazy. Because it's scary trying to jump to a new job and change your schedule and there's a lot of fear and hope at the same time dangling on a shoestring. Is that a saying? I don't think so. And you just never know what a new thing is going to be until you try it. So I hope I have the opportunity, but it's really nice and I am very thankful to have this here. And I'm very happy that we're going into this holiday season and it's a lot of crazy things happening at one time. So I needed a minute to just talk about my favorite Christmas songs, all right? That's what I wanted to do. We're going to get there. This is just the intro, folks. Who knows what rabbit holes this one is going to go down? Or chipmunk holes. That's a spoiler. We're going to get into all that. I have a lot more specific stuff I want to talk about as the holidays roll on. So this one is just going to be stream of consciousness, thoughts about the season, 
questions I'm curious about, which I'll talk to myself about, and probably get answers. We're just easing into the season with some of my favorite things. These are a few of my... I'll do enough singing later, probably. For now, hit the music, although now, for the first time, I wish I had a Christmas-themed music for this month. Ah, maybe we'll get there in the next couple episodes. Maybe next year? I don't know. I'm working on it. We're thinking. Thinking out loud. Recording it. Editing it. And sending it to you. Now hit that beat. All right, so right off the top, we have to acknowledge that Christmas is the best holiday around. Not disparaging Hanukkah, although it's incredibly hard to spell. And for all the Jewish listeners, or those who just want equality during the holiday season, sorry Kwanzaa, I don't know anything about you. The hats look cool. Hanukkah can be spelled both ways, but I kind of wanted to look up what each meant. According to the Oxford English Dictionary, there are 24 spellings for Hanukkah? That seems insane. Hanukkah has been the most popular for the last 15 years, but Hanukkah is more traditional and waning in popularity, according to USA Today. Imagine I just left you without actually spelling either one. I think you understood based on my ch, you know? Did that pretty good. The most popular one is, of course, the H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H. That's the move. That's how everyone spells it, I think. But you can throw a C in front and pull out one of the Ks. I don't know how that works, but apparently there's only one K when you spell it with a C and two Ks when you spell it with an H. I don't know. The C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H is the more traditional one that people don't really use anymore. Throwback. Throwback Thursday, you throw a C on that puppy. So there's your fun Jewish fact for the episode. We'll probably get back to it eventually. But everyone, whether you celebrate Christmas on the day or not, loves the Christmas spirit. The vibe around the holiday is just what other holidays want to be. It's a whole feeling for an entire month. How do you top that? You just don't. And I'm going to get into some of the reasons, but the fact that it is an entire month is where we have to begin. And of course, that starts with Christmas music. I love music. I love Christmas music. And I want to talk about my favorite Christmas songs, the best ones. But first, we have to acknowledge what we talked about briefly in the Thanksgiving episode. Go back and listen to that if you didn't. That Christmas music should start to be played the day after Thanksgiving, or even on Thanksgiving is fine. But the day before Thanksgiving is a little weird. And I stand by that, and it's exactly what I would do, and it's what I feel comfortable with. But then I thought about it a little more. And honestly, if you just like Christmas music and you want to play it all damn year, then do it. Whatever your heart desires, Christmas spirit allows you to do whatever the heck you want and not be judged for it. Like if you want to put ten inflatable Santa reindeer decorations on your roof and strap them down, I'm probably not going to go out and do that. But God bless you. If you want to look like Santa's elves vomited on your lawn, I support it. It's all in the name of fun vibes and wholesome times. So I'm changing my tune on that a little bit. I still personally think the day of Thanksgiving and after is when you start turning it up because it feels more special to hear the Christmas songs around that time. They don't lose their value. I like to put them back in the vault for a little while and then pull them out for a month and then after Christmas they go away right away. But if you're rocking Mariah Carey on December 28th, I feel you. And we have to start there. How did Mariah Carey become such a meme for that song? That song has been out forever. It came out in 1994, and the meme only started like a couple of years ago, which is weird. I really do wonder how she feels about that. I would be honored and psyched that my name is now tied to Christmas for one reason or another. Who cares why? Who cares if people make fun of it? Your song is all over the place, all month, every year, and people associate you with the coolest holiday ever. Yeah, being a meme isn't necessarily cool, but context matters here. That's dope. You're the Christmas meme. What's wrong with that? I can always strive to be a meme that everyone knows. I'll take Earth Day meme. I don't care. You get Christmas. You hit the lotto, baby. She's got to love that. And honestly, it's a great song. Doesn't make my Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs, but, you know, it's still on the list. 
I'm going to try to narrow down to my top four, because I like Mount Rushmore as a thing, although I've never been there, and I don't really care that much about the presidents up there. But the idea of having a top four is cool, because top five is just too trendy. I'm going to save those four for the very end, but I have another list of classic Christmas songs. There are so many. I'm sure I missed a million, and tell me at the link underscore podcast if I don't have one on here that you specifically love. This is just a list of what I thought of, and they're really fun, and I don't want to get this section taken down due to copyright, so I'm not going to edit in a lot of the music, but I will sing it for you if I need to. I swear I will. So you got Mariah. You got another holiday diva in Darlene Love that sings Christmas, a song you all know and love, but you might not recognize by the title. I don't really know the words, but it's the one that's like, Christmas, da-na-na-na-na-na, Christmas, na-na-na-na-na, Christmas, na-na-na-na-na, Christmas, baby, please come home. That's a good one. So underrated. People don't talk about Darlene Love. Great Christmas name, too. I gotta love that. Pun intended. Also, Phil Spector produced that one. Who knew that? He also produced the Let It Be album for the Beatles, which is their last studio album. Kinda not really, but you'll learn more about that in next week's Get Back review. Alright, other songs I really like. These ones are more tied to movies, so I'm not gonna get into them totally because I don't want to spoil what is going to be my family episode that'll come out around Christmas about the best Christmas movies. I expect you to chime in and give me some recommendations or at least give me feedback of what I did wrong afterwards. But you have the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeers, you got the Frosty the Snowmans, you got any Grinch songs. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. So good. Classic. I mean, that might be, that really should make the Mount Rushmore. It's not on my list, but it really could be. I'm carving a little, little tiny Grinch statue, maybe Max the dog, next to the Mount Rushmore because it belongs near there. But we'll talk more about that in the movie episode. Plenty more on the list. You got Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. A million people have done that. Frankie Blue Eyes did a version, though, which I really enjoy. That's a fun one. You want to go in a different direction? Get a little more upbeat? How about Wham! A little George Michael around the holidays? Everyone loves that. Last Christmas? It's beautiful. He gave you his heart. And the very next day? You know what you did. Next, I wrote down Brenda Lee's classic Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. I really can't actually believe this didn't make my top four, but somehow we're going to get to it. It didn't make it. Brenda Lee deserves a ton of respect, though. A name you don't hear, but pioneered this song. Also taught me that a party hop is a thing. At the Christmas party hop, do 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 you know? In every movie ever, it's a total vibe. Everyone loves this song. It's hard to not like a lot of these Christmas songs. I don't know if any of them are even controversial. The only thing I'm worried about is forgetting some of them. I love that one, though. Great scene in Home Alone. Home Alone's going to be hard to beat for best Christmas movie. I know I keep talking about it, but it just is. How about we inject a little culture into this whole situation? Feliz Navidad. Prospero Año y Felicidad. Yeah, I know the lyrics. I took three years of Spanish in high school, maybe four, I don't know. Some of it stuck, and it's definitely the Christmas songs. That's a good one. You want my kind of culture, though? Run DMC, Christmas Time in Hollis, Queens, Mom's Cooking Chicken and Collard Greens. That is a wildly underrated song. It really has such an honest, homey Christmas vibe, and it's Run DMC doing it so good. Also a really good scene in the movie The Night Before with Seth Rogen, Anthony Mackie, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, where they go to karaoke and do that song. An underrated movie. I don't know if it'll make the list for the Christmas movie episode, but we'll see. It'll get an honorable mention, although it kind of just did. You want another rap Christmas song? I got another one for you. Curtis Blow did a cool Christmas rap song. Kind of like the funny basketball rap song that he does. Basketball is my favorite sport. I like the way they dribble up and down the court. I don't know the Christmas lyrics, so I'm not going to sing them, but there's a Christmas one that's similar. That deserves a shout out. Back to basics, though. You got Bruce Springsteen's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. He's the boss. 
If the boss sings about the other boss, Santa Claus is a boss, Mrs. Claus is a boss. It's just boss bitches doing boss stuff, you know what I mean? That's what Christmas is about. But that Bruce song is good, brings a little rock vibe to the situation. Another rocky situation, but more on the surfer side. Maybe we go West Coast, Beach Boys, Little Saint Nick. I wouldn't dare try to touch the Beach Boys harmony, it's too disrespectful. But it's the one that goes, A run run reindeer, a run run reindeer, you don't miss no one. You know? Great song. Really good. Beach Boys don't really miss. They know exactly what lane to stay in. But we gotta talk true classics. Like the ones if you go to any CD store, do those exist? No. If you type in Christmas songs on Apple Music or Spotify, where you can find the Link Podcast on both, which you already know because you're listening, but I just like to say it for the people that are overhearing you listen to this on your huge speakers on Christmas Day as everyone's unwrapping gifts, gotta let them know. We go back to 1963, Andy Williams, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Something about that singing style for Christmas music just works for me. 60 years, it hasn't aged a day. Looks great, sounds great, feels great, it comes on, everyone's psyched. I really like that one. It was hard to keep some of these out, I'm telling you. You want to go further back? I will. I'll meet you in 1944 with red slipper Judy Garland herself. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. How do they make songs so good back then and now they do mumble rap? Will there be any classic Christmas songs made now? Is it possible? Has the time passed by? I don't know if I can think any that are super new that can make it. Like, I'm sure a lot of people try to do it. Kelly Clarkson, Megan Trainer. I see a lot of them on there. Lil Nas X did one. I googled it. But are they ever gonna have staying power? There's gotta be so much saturation now. Back then there wasn't quite as much, I don't think. I wasn't there. But they were able to stand out more and they were made better. These just don't seem to have the same oomph. I listened to a few of them, I swear I did. I'm not gonna mention them because it's pointless and no one knows what they are. Carly Rae Jepsen? It's not Christmas till somebody cries? Give me a break. Get out of here with that. I need my old school bangers. But I am curious if we'll ever have anything added to the list that means as much as those songs do now. Another example? Jingle Bell Rock. Bobby Helms. 1957. People knew what they were doing. And then it was brought back in Mean Girls, and they nailed it. Kept that one alive. Not that it needed the help, but really fun scene. Alright, two more I wanted to sneak in before we get to the Mount Rushmore of Christmas songs. There's gotta be a better word for that. Mount Chris... Mount Jesus... Jesus... Rush... I don't know. John Lennon and Yoko Ono, another Beatles plug. We are instilling this in your brain so you'll come back next week for the Get Back Review. God, it's good. Happy Christmas. So this is Christmas. You know? Didn't really want to put Yoko Ono on the list, but here we are. She's listed on the song. What am I supposed to do about it? I know it's Lennon. What are you gonna do? And it's Christmas. I'm not gonna deny anybody. I'm sure she was nice. Probably not. Last one before we get to the goods. I cannot forget our Jewish friends. We talked about them at the start, but they deserve a shout out here. Adam Sandler, the Hanukkah song. It's great. Bring some comedy to the equation. Can't beat it. And I assure you, we are not done with comedy because in no particular order, these are my four favorites. Also, I couldn't really make a decision and it's kind of five, but you know, sue me. Chuck Berry, Run Run Rudolph. A, we're going back to Home Alone when they're sprinting through the airport and they're late. That's playing in the background. It's truly iconic. B, Chuck Berry. Do I need to say much more? C, if you're ever reeling like a merry-go-round, this song has your back. So fun, upbeat. No one has ever not danced to this song when it's on. I challenge you, turn this song on and stay stone-faced, don't smile, don't move. It's not possible. It should be a challenge on TikTok or something. I don't know, I don't have one of those, but that's what the kids do. So Run Run Rudolph is on the list. I'm not saying a one through four, I'm not ranking them, they're all great, but it's on the list. Next, 
We got a couple on the funnier side, but still great tunes. Back to this album that Phil Spector apparently produced, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus, Hilarious, Scandalous, Juicy. Mommy's into a beard, and Santa's got one. Plus they were underneath mistletoe, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, who can blame anybody? Santa's got game, baby. No wonder he gets all those cookies. Does that make sense? I don't know. Either way, someone saw it. And someone's gotta pay for that person's therapy bills for seeing their mom kiss Santa Claus. But they get a great song out of it, and I am thankful for that. Third on the list? Ah, oh, crap, I just realized I didn't include Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. I have to mention it. I don't know where it falls in now, but I can't not mention it. That's a good one. I'm just gonna blast right through because I can't redo this list now. You know them, you love them. There's three of them, and one of them's not punctual. Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, the Chipmunks. Who knew you could create a song that, on the surface level, is so annoying because it's sung by chipmunks, but you just grow to love it, and now it just sounds like Christmas. Iconic, comedic, classic, you cannot beat it, and I could not leave it off my list. And now, if I need to carve all of the chipmunks onto the Mount Rushmore, is it even a Mount Rushmore anymore? We're already flirting with the not four, met B5, then I remembered the grandma song. Also, what's the guy's name that owns the chipmunks? Dave? Is it Dave? And does he own the chipmunks or does he just live with them? It's his dad, kinda. He's a father figure. It is Dave, I was right. David Seville. Managed by their human adoptive father, says Wikipedia. It's creepy when you say it that way. In any case, a lot of carving to do, and the chipmunks belong on the Mount Rushmore. Now, I somehow need to choose between these two and I just can't do it, so I'm abandoning the Mount Rushmore and it's a top five now, sorry. Or, you know what? Your Mount Rushmore can be however many people you want. It's 2021. Dream big. Both these guys have classic, deep Christmas voices, which I absolutely love. They're both on the older side. The songs, not the people, they're definitely older. The first is royalty. Now, you want to talk fun Christmas songs? I get it. You want to talk which Christmas song should be on an album or a playlist or whatever? It's a debate we can have. If you want to talk about what song comes on when there's logs on the fire, yeah, I listen to the lyrics, and your opening presents with family, and you're looking around, and you're like, this just feels like the most wholesome moment of Christmas. This is the song I want playing during that very moment. It is a true soundtrack to Christmas. You put this on and put it in the background and nobody complains and it immediately feels more real. It feels like the day is here. On other days, maybe this song does not crack the Mount Rushmore or the 10 carvings we have in some mountain somewhere, but on Christmas day, in the very right moment, I can't imagine that any song does better than this one does. Nat King Cole, that man can sing. It really is just a whole vibe. You can feel it as soon as the song is on. Everyone can sing along and you're not embarrassed. There is not much that can beat this one, but there's another one that feels similar to me and I could not leave it out. Another absolute legend, another one of the deepest voices around that just carries the Christmas spirit through the room, Mr. Bing Crosby. He's dreaming of a white Christmas and so am I. We'll get into that after the break, but this song is iconic going all the way back to the 40s to get a hold of this one. It's incredibly slow, the way he sings. If you listen to it, I don't know how you can sing that slow. I talk very fast, as you know. Not chipmunk fast, but we're not gonna do that bit because we just listened to their song. It's just like molasses, Christmas molasses pouring out over the land. Treetops are glistening, children are listening to hear sleigh bells in the snow. You can't beat it. I really enjoy it. Same vibe as Nat King Cole. You put those two back to back on a playlist and just play them over and over while you're opening presents, there's nothing better. Put a little Yule Log on the TV maybe? Netflix has it, I know they do. Burning Fireplace, YouTube has it too. 
What a modern, silly thing to say, but I don't have a fireplace and I do have a television. In any case, I want Bing Crosby on while I'm doing all that. So there you go. That's a Mount Rushmore, or a top five, or a top seven, or a lot of carvings, or whatever we landed on. I like those songs. If you have any more to throw in, definitely hit me up at the link underscore podcast and let me know which ones I forgot, whether I'm absolutely on target or off base with your opinions. I want to hear. And like I said, maybe we'll do some Instagram polls and see what people really like. Look for that throughout the holiday season. Let's take a break to pay the bills. And when we come back, I have a couple more takes before we go about holiday things. I think I speak for a lot of people when I say some of these, but everyone has their own Christmas takes and opinions and traditions and stuff. So let's get into it in a second. I wear my sunglasses at all times. You don't just have to wear them at night. It's a great tune, but still. I gotta get glasses I can wear always. Doesn't matter the season, doesn't matter the weather. The look is stylish. I get compliments on my glasses, and I like compliments. But that's a topic for another day. Stay focused on the glasses. Ambassador is the place I've gotten probably my last 10 pairs of sunglasses. I get a lot. I like a variety. I like colors. I like styles. Most of all, I don't want to pay an arm and a leg if I'm being honest. It's too many appendages. You go to ambassadorsun.com. And you know what I got for you? Promo code. We love promo codes. Enter promo code the link T H E L I N K. Fill up your cart, enter the code, you get 50% off your order at checkout. It's unbelievable. I know some people like to knock off glasses because they're cheap. I get that, but you want to look stylish? I feel like a rock star in these things. They're really nice. And with the 50%, hey, you can get two for the price of one, baby. That's math. That's just math. Check them out. I got pics on my Instagram at the link underscore podcast, but go to the website, www.ambassadorsun.com. They now ship worldwide. Big announcement. Nice. If you're listening from Paraguay or Indonesia, you can get them. Oh, you can get them. And you'll get them 50% off with promo code the link. Go to ambassadorsun.com. Get yourself some shades. Feel like a rock star or a pop star. Whatever you're into. And throw a comment on the social media. Let me know how you like them. I know you're going to love them. I just know it. Okay, so coming off of all this talk about songs, do people still do caroling? And I'm not talking about that in a COVID sense. I mean, even before that, like a couple of years ago, you never, ever see people going around caroling, do you? Not in my neighborhood. And honestly, not in any neighborhood I ever lived in. It's only like in movies do you ever see that. And it's kind of cool. I actually like it. A traveling troupe of singers? Who cares if you're good or bad? It doesn't matter. And if you're good, that's especially cool. I guess it stinks because it's cold and you have to like bundle up and go sing in the cold, which is really tough. And it's kind of creepy, I guess. In 2021, you don't really want people coming to your house uninvited. And now, especially with COVID, I guess people would really look at you sideways. But is caroling a thing of the past? That's wild if so. There's got to be some people out there that do it. Maybe we got to bring it back. And we got to sing some of those songs I listed. No Silent Night crap. Song stinks. Give me bangers like Feliz Navidad. Let's talk about decor while we're talking about the outside stuff. I'm a big fan of Christmas lights, but there is a way to overdo it for sure. Again, if it looks like Santa's elves collectively all ate too many Christmas cookies and vomited holiday cheer all over your yard, and there's no space for any of it to breathe, I'm not really a fan of that. But if you've got classy lights, I'm a big fan of the big bulbs, the old school kind, the fat ones. I really like those. And some people do, like, up their walkway, they have these huge versions of those big bulbs, which look really cool. I like those as well. I'm not all the way into the inflatable stuff, unless it's really clever. But you get a classic wreath, maybe some bows and some lights. I really like that. The houses that do it to the music, that's a little bit extra. I don't necessarily need it, but I respect your commitment. 
The real truth, though, is that I probably wouldn't really be someone that decorates the house with lights very much. I'll put a string of lights around the border to make it look nice. Not that I have a house, but, you know, just thinking ahead. And maybe this is bad to admit in a Christmas episode, but this is a spot where I get really selfish around Christmas. I want everyone else to decorate their stuff. I just don't want to have to get out there and do it. It's not a strength of mine. It's not in my repertoire. Maybe as I get older, I'll pick it up. Never tried, though. Just bought my first string of lights for inside for the backdrop of my camera during the Mike the Mush Sports Show at Mike Mush Sports on Twitter and Instagram, twitch.tv slash Mike the Mush. Search Mike the Mush on YouTube. We do every weekday we're talking sports, but that's another show. Does have Christmas lights, though. So yeah, everyone else, keep doing your lights. Keep doing the stuff. Don't overdo it. Don't go crazy. But allow me to have a good time when I'm passing by. Everyone loves to point out the cute houses. Everyone loves to point out the houses that did too much. It's a side activity that comes with Christmas, and I enjoy it. Just don't have to get on a ladder and go to the roof. Yuck. Now let's mosey inside and talk about the most important part of the decoration, the tree. The tree is everything. Do you go real? Do you go fake? I actually am okay with either one, as long as you're semi-consistent. Growing up, we always had a fake tree. I'm totally good with it because every year it looked similar. It gave you the same vibe, you know exactly how to set it up, you know where you like your ornaments, you know all that kind of stuff. The real tree is nice, but honestly, I don't want to deal with the sappiness. It's kind of gross. It's much more of a hassle, it's much more of a cleanup. If it was a tradition growing up for you to go find your tree and pull it home and lug it there, I get that, but it just wasn't part of my childhood, so I don't miss it at all. And I'm totally good with a fake tree. Again, this is a spot where, like, if you have your opinion, same as me with the Christmas music starting on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah, that's how I feel, but also if you do it the other way, God bless you. That's how I feel like it should be with the trees, but some people have wildly strong opinions, and I'd love to hear yours, especially if you hate one or the other. I'm okay with either one as long as it's done well. I generally am a fan of multicolored lights, although white does look really classy. But here's the thing. White with ornaments is a little too classy. If you're doing plain tree and just white lights, like if you have a mini tree or something, that looks really nice. But I think the multicolored lights work better with a lot of different kind of ornaments. You really have to work the whole tree around a white light. Maybe a real tree with white lights and little old school bells and maybe some garland. Is it garland or is it tinsel? I don't know what I'm thinking of. Either way, you get it. You're imagining what I'm going for. You gotta put the whole tree together right. But if you have a lot of more modern ornaments, multicolored, different shapes, different sizes, you go with the multicolored lights because it's a little more controlled chaos. That's how I feel about it. Fake tree, multicolored lights, zany ornaments, real tree, white lights, classy ornaments and balls. That's what I'm going with. As for the top, if you go star or angel or whatever you want, I'm cool with that. It should be customized. Have some balls. Go for something interesting and fun on the top of the tree. Tradition is everywhere. That's a spot where you can stand out, but it's got to look nice. Top of the tree is important. You got to have a nice tree skirt. You just do. Class it up. Tree's going out for a night on the town. It wants to show off a little trunk. You got to get it a good skirt. Growing up, we boosted the tree up a little bit on a milk crate or some boxes or something so that you could fit more presents underneath and the picture would be perfect on Christmas morning when all the presents are stuffed under the tree. If the tree's too low, you can't get them under there. And then they're just around the tree. They're supposed to be under it, folks. And then if you get a real tree, all the presents are sappy and that's annoying. You can't have that. You can't be having it. That's another feather in the cap for a fake tree. Santa cap? Feather in the ball on the Santa cap? I don't know. Since we mentioned gifts, let's talk about that. I, for one, am a great gift giver. Pat myself on the back as we speak. I don't know if you can hear it, but I patted. It's gotta be personal, though. 
I don't like just generic gifts. It has to be understood that you got it for a reason for that person. Money is no object, high or low. You can get a $5 gift that's absolutely perfect. You can get a $2,000 gift that stinks because you just went and bought some random item that was expensive because you thought that would show that you like them enough. No. It needs to link up to them perfectly, pun intended, just like we referenced in the Thanksgiving episode when I got my Aunt Joanne a framed picture of Frank Reagan, Tom Selleck's character in Blue Bloods. She loved it. Cost me almost nothing. That's not the point. It was thoughtful and generous. And, of course, hilarious. Which counts double on Christmas. Everyone wants a good laugh. It's a chance to show off. Just like last year when I got my nephew MJ a bunch of Thomas the Tank shirts and didn't show him that underneath my button-up, like Superman, I was wearing a Thomas the Tank shirt. And when I took off the shirt and showed him, the whole crowd erupted. Great times. It's all about me, obviously. I am, however, a big fan of shopping online these days. There's something good about going to a store and trying to figure that out. It feels right, especially for kids if you're buying toys and stuff like that. You gotta feel it out and see what you like. But online is so much easier. I can't be bothered with trying to fight crowds these days in the Christmas hustle area. I think I'm past my prime when it comes to that. Nothing wrong with Amazon. Except for like a million different things. But it is convenient. God damn, it's convenient. The thing I do like about going to shop in person, though, is that sometimes the stores will wrap for you. And that couldn't be more key because I cannot wrap a gift well at all. Over the years, I've figured out how to do a bad job of it. It looks like a six-year-old did it. I mean, the whole folding the corners, it just never works. And then if you get cheap paper, I rip it, and it's just a nightmare. It's just tough. It's tough. If I get a small box, I can figure it out. Maybe a book. Although Barnes & Noble has gift wrap for you. That's why I like to go in person sometimes. You get them wrapped perfectly. Or you just ask your friends to do it for you and you bribe them with other gifts that they can wrap but they don't know it's theirs and you hand it back to them, it's good for a laugh. I don't know what's wrong with me. I've watched a ton of YouTube videos. Every single year I put those things to shame. The YouTube video's up. I'm watching it the night before. I got my tape and scissors ready. I have a whole station. I keep the YouTube video on while I'm wrapping it. I still can't fold in the damn corners. I'm sorry. It doesn't work. My brain just isn't wired to be able to wrap gifts. And I know the gift bag thing is a little lame. Sometimes I have to do it when I can't find someone to do it for me. Because the presentation is important. I'm good about bows. I'm good about all that kind of stuff. Tying it up, putting the right thing on top. I'll write an excellent card. I just can't wrap the damn gifts. It's so annoying. I wish I could. It's a flaw that I'm trying to get over, but 32 years and running, I've been screwing it up. So if I give you a gift, and it looks like a four-year-old wrapped it, you know that I actually tried a lot harder on yours. Maybe that's endearing. Probably not. It's a tough thing to admit. I can't wrap a gift. Technology needs to be better. We need to have something that I can just put the thing down in the middle of paper and it just self-wraps. There's no self-wrapper yet. It's 2021. Figure it out. Someone out there, figure it out, and you will be a godsend to idiot men like me everywhere. Everyone would buy that. If it's self-wrapped your gifts, you just place it down, you put in the dimensions, and it goes? Come on. They got robots. I see them on YouTube. Give me that. Give me that. If all of a sudden this podcast just stops and you see me balling out with fur coats, you know what I invented and it went very well. I don't know why fur coat is my first purchase. Like Cruella DeVille out here, but I said it and here we are. Also for what it's worth, I'm a big fan of Secret Santa for a couple reasons. You can focus more on one gift, which makes it better generally. You're not stressing everyone out with the need and question as to who they should get gifts for and who they shouldn't. It's very defined. Anxiety reducing at a time where anxiety is high. Everyone gives a gift, everyone gets a gift, you get a good group together, you figure it out, they have websites so everything's secret for you. It's really good. I'm a fan. Yankee Swap, on the other hand, or White Elephant, or White Rhino? No, that's a real animal. I don't know. 
Whatever the one is that you can steal gifts from one another, I've never done that, but my friends and I are doing it this year for the first time, and I am nervous. Because my friends are competitive, and we might fight each other on Christmas. So stay tuned for next year when I recap how this went. It might go poorly. There might be blood, there might be tears, there will be laughs. But are we laughing with or at? It's hard to say. If you've ever done that, let me know how it went at the link underscore podcast. Put it in the comments. I want to touch on weather. We talked about white Christmas before, and I actually really do prefer one. I don't ever want snow. Living in the Northeast, going to school in Connecticut, I've seen enough snow. I don't care. If you're from the West Coast and you like snow and you, like, really want it, I get that because you've never seen it. But it stinks. It's awesome and pretty when it's coming down. So I want it coming down on Christmas, and I want about three inches on the ground. And then by the time I wake up the next day, I want it gone. Honestly, if I could, I would just fake it around my house for Christmas and have huge snowblowers or whatever those are called. It's not a snowblower. It's a reverse snowblower. Snow creator? Snow faller? That's a James Bond movie. I don't know. I want a white Christmas. I want snow on the ground on Christmas. I don't want it to be that cold, and I want the snow to melt quickly. Picky? Maybe. This is the way I want it. Any longer than that, it just becomes dirty and gross. It's an inconvenience. I'm not interested in it. I have to clean my car before I get in it? Get out of here. Again, we need technology to figure this out. I'm not going to get into specific dinner rules on Christmas because I feel like everybody does that different. Holiday meals can go in a million different ways. We do ham, but we also do Italian because we got great Italian cooks. Do what you're good at. Plenty of stuff goes down on Christmas and everyone's entitled. Even the Italians with their million fishes. I mean, how many fishes do you need? Why seven? I don't even understand. How many fishes can you eat? And don't you want a variety? But who am I to judge? Italy seems cool. Never been there. What we can talk about is cookies. My family does a cookie day and we swap cookies and we bake some, and I'm really trying to think of a cool, interesting one that's new and original that I never made before that I can make for this year, and I haven't been able to come up with one yet. I've tried gingerbread, and it's doable, and they came out pretty good, but it's really kind of annoying to make, and molasses smells really bad. I don't know if you knew that. It smells terrible. Like, really terrible. Like, I opened the thing, and I'm like, oh, this has gone bad, and then I googled it, and everyone's like, yeah, molasses smells bad. So that was a little more than I wanted to deal with last time I made cookies. So if you have any recommendations for cool cookies, hit me up at the link underscore podcast. I need a good idea. I like to bake. I don't want it to be wildly intricate, but I want to bring something new to the table. I can only do oatmeal chocolate chips so much, even though they're banging and awesome. So that's another gift you can get me. And now you know the truth that this whole episode was a two-pronged effort to A, figure out which cookies to make and outsource it to your opinions, and B, find someone who feels bad and will wrap my gifts. Sorry, that's the truth, but I put time into it and it came out great. Last but not least, and this one's a little more heartfelt and real. For the past bunch of years, I've had young kids in my family, my niece and nephew Julia and MJ, who you heard on the Thanksgiving episode, and if you didn't, what are you doing? Listen to it after this. A bunch of my friends have kids, I have a goddaughter now. And seeing Christmas through their eyes has changed how awesome Christmas is to me. I always loved it, and it was definitely always my favorite holiday. But getting to literally go back and relive Christmas as a kid through them has made it so much better. The gifts, the excitement, the love of Santa, who's extremely real. And you'll find out just how real he is in a week or two, but I don't want to give it away completely. Just make sure you're tuning back in. I just think it's extremely cool that you go through phases with Christmas. You are a kid, it becomes amazing, you get a little bit older, it starts to fade a tiny bit, and then hopefully if you're lucky enough, you get more kids back in your life, it goes back to being good, and that cycle just continues for the rest of your life as long as you're blessed enough to be here for it. I love that. It's been one of my favorite things about the holidays recently. 
And getting to spoil kids is just so fun, because it's the stuff I would want to buy for myself, but it's too embarrassing. So if you take nothing else from this episode, and you have kids on your Christmas list, take $20 from everyone else and put it towards the kids and spoil them and get them something insane, and watch their eyes bug out when you give it to them. And then they'll ignore it for three hours because there's 900 other toys for them to play with, but they'll go back to it and they'll remember. Kids are smart. I love Christmas, man. I really do. I love the holiday season. I buy into the spirit. I'm going to turn on some Christmas music as soon as I finish recording because it's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. Did I mention that song earlier? Man, I don't know now. Oh, uh, I might have to redo the whole thing. But I thought about it eventually. I deserve credit for that. I'm sure I missed a hundred other things that we could talk about for the holidays, but we'll get to that throughout the month. Trust me. This is just the beginning. Although, we are reaching the end of the beginning. I'll see you there in a second. Alright, so I've exhausted pretty much every topic I have for Christmas, except for the 900 that I'll think about once I stop recording, and then I get mad, and then maybe I edit them in, and maybe you don't know that. Maybe I already did. Who's to say? It's all very difficult to figure out. The point is, I want you to share your takes on Christmas, all the things we talked about, your favorite stuff, your least favorite stuff, things you like, things you hate. Give me all of it at the link underscore podcast. I want to see the comments. Maybe I triggered you in some way, and maybe you agree, because I'm really super smart and relatable. Now, before we get to the other episodes that we teased, namely next week, which is the Get Back review with the Beatles, with this very super special guest who you can probably figure out, but I'm not going to tell you. Then we talked about the best Christmas movie episodes, which will be with my family and maybe some other people. I don't know how big I'm going to go with this. Could be recorded on Christmas Day, same thing we did with Thanksgiving, not totally sure. We'll see what the logistics bring. If Santa can cover the whole world in a night, I can figure out a Christmas podcast episode. It's gonna be hard to narrow down the best ones, though. I don't know what kind of format we're gonna do. Maybe we'll do some polls on the Instagram at the link underscore podcast like we did with the Disney episode, which you should go back and listen to if you haven't, but you probably have, because it's real fun. And as far as I'm concerned, all these episodes are gifts to you. And by the way, I do love gifts in return. I really do. And I specifically didn't tease one of them because I want to keep it a secret, but I'm telling you it's going to be fun. Another guest episode, it'll come out sometime in December. Of course, stay tuned every Monday, and I'll be dropping more and more hints at the link underscore podcast as we get closer. Now, I got two more gifts for you in the outro. We've been doing a lot of reviews. These aren't necessarily going to be reviews because I am still in the middle of both shows, but I'm enjoying both very much, so a two-pack of gifts for you. These are more recommendations. Rex and Reviews is a cool segment name, and we should do that for the outros. Outro Rex and Reviews. Or something. O-R-R's? O-R and R's. It doesn't work. I don't know. Come up with something. The first one is a TV show called The Other Two. It's on HBO Max. The first season was on Comedy Central, and the second season is an HBO Max original, which just came out a couple of months ago. I think it came out in September, and it is renewed for a third season. It's a half-hour comedy about a family. Mom is Molly Shannon from SNL. Hilarious. The youngest son becomes a pop superstar, and the older brother and daughter need to deal with the fact that the younger son is ultra-famous while they're out in the world as 20-somethings and turning 30 and trying to figure out how to make their life work while their little brother is just this absolute booming star. It is hilarious. It's really good, relatable, good cast. Ken Marino is in it from Party Down and a bunch of other stuff. Drew Tarver and Helene York play the brother and sister. And like I said, Molly Shannon just knocks it out of the park. A bunch of other good people. Wanda Sykes is in it. It's just a well-written comedy. It's very good. Light, easy to binge, should make you laugh, and relevant to young pop stars, and they poke fun at themselves constantly. So I've been into that. And the other one is something I started watching, but I've heard no one else watch, probably because it's on Apple TV. Shout out to Chrissy. She loves Nutcrackers. I had to slip that into this episode because it's the first Christmas episode, and she gave me the Apple TV login, and shouting out some of her favorite decor is something that she would probably be into. Now I gotta go find a bag of walnuts as a gift? I could wrap that. 
maybe. I don't know. We talked about how I'm not very good at that. Anyway, The Shrink Next Door on Apple TV stars Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, and Katherine Hahn, who I personally have a huge crush on. She is awesome. Super underrated. Big fan. Once she went into Marvel, it was a wrap. But anyway, the show is very good. I've just seen no press for it, really. And I don't know if people watch stuff on Apple TV, but after I got done with Ted Lasso, I was like, all right, I gotta check out something else. And this cast is so stacked. I guess you would call it a comedy. It's usually like 30 to 45 minute episodes. It's definitely dark, though. And there's drama to it. It's not all the way serious. It's mostly comedy, but there's some intrigue as to who's really looking out for each other and... Paul Rudd plays a therapist and Will Ferrell is going to him and they spark this relationship, but sometimes it seems like some people are taking advantage of each other and then it seems like the relationship is real at other times and there's flashbacks to future and past and it's very fascinating. It's still ongoing. It hasn't even finished the first season, but I would love for some other people to watch it because A, I think it's worth it and B, I haven't found anyone to talk about it with except for internet strangers and Reddit only goes so far. There's a bunch of 13-year-olds there. So I don't want to spoil any more about it, but check that out. It's only like five, six episodes in. And if you're listening to this in the future, then uh, season one is available on Apple TV. And if Apple TV doesn't exist and you're listening to this really far in the future after we're already famous and making a movie about the podcast, then uh, you could probably find it on the internet somewhere. And thanks for coming to the movie. It means a lot. Can't believe they got Dwayne Johnson to play me. He really had to bulk up for that role. Last but not least, your final gift for today, but every Monday, gift coming at you with a new episode during the holiday season. This last one has a bow on it, and you're going to need to untie it very carefully because it is a secret. I know that didn't make any sense, but the cadence was there, and it sounded good. Secret code word for this episode. Other than your Christmas takes and traditions and opinions, I want you to post this at the link underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter so everyone knows you listened all the way through the end. You can consider this your gift to me, proving that you're a true homie that listens all the way. I appreciate you if you started and playing in the background just to get me a play. I get it. You're trying to pump it up, but the other people mean more. It's just a fact. And this week, the secret code word is going to be eggnog. Why? A lot of reasons. Do people actually drink it? I've tried it, and it's fine. But no one's going out of their way to drink eggnog. Also, how has Big Eggnog not tried to infiltrate other holidays by now? You're so seasonal. What a bad business model. Who's making the eggnog and then just putting it on the shelf somewhere for a whole year? And we're like, oh, we're not going to sell this anymore. How did that happen? What is Christmassy about it? I don't really know. And yet it is. It only comes out at Christmas. Someone pulls out eggnog in August. That's a sociopath. You run far from that person and fast. Weird. I just had to stop myself from going down a rabbit hole of etymology of eggnog and history and, you know. I'm sparing you. Another gift for you guys. I'm too generous. And I give you this podcast for free? Whew. What a guy. That's a wrap. We'll be back next week with the Get Back review. Go check that out on Disney+. Plus. I know it's eight hours long. We'll talk about it. There won't be a ton of spoilers, so you'll be able to listen either way. And in fact, if you don't have time for the whole eight hours, you can probably listen to the one hour that'll come out next week. Get enough of it to whet your appetite? That's not what they say. Your sayings are all off today, Mike. Come on. Figure it out. Hit the music. Let's get out of here.